I'm in the middle of developing a new sci-fi series because that's where my head is at the moment. And I decided this time around to take some time and actually try out John Truby's Anatomy of a Story as a method for developing the idea. And overall, I've been very happy with the results. This isn't sponsored, but if you're coming up with a book or any kind of a story and you, you would like some advice on ways that you can vet it as you're going, I highly recommend it. One of the most interesting ideas that I got out of this book was his idea of the designing principle and how it works and functions within the narrative. And I'd like to talk about that on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today we're going to be doing a little bit more conversation about developing an idea for your story, focusing on the designing principle. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast on whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you to everybody who's already done that. And if the app that you're listening to me on doesn't allow you to rate the podcast that you're listening to, if you know somebody that you think might like it, why not share it with them? That helps out more than you could possibly know. All right. The designing principle. What, what is it? If I may quote John Truby, the designing principle is what organizes the story as a whole. It is the internal logic of the story that makes the parts hang together organically so that the story becomes so the story becomes greater than the sum of its parts. It's what makes the story original. <clears throat> okay. This I, I, I could spend hours. I'm trying to go through and give examples and really dig into this idea because it is just really a powerful one. And it's one that I've kind of come to my own understanding for. So one of the examples that he gives is for like Tootsie the designing principle is to force a male chauvinist to live as a woman. That works. He gives a couple other examples. My personal favorite is actually Moses in the book of Exodus. The designing principle. A man who does not know who he is, is struggling to lead his people to freedom and receives the new moral laws that will define him and his people. And when you look at the story of the Exodus from that point of view and from that perspective, you can see how that holds everything together. And I think a lot of work either has a secret designing principle. I think when I look back at some of my earlier works, I can see 
that there was one there, even though I was not consciously aware of creating it. And other works that I wish had something, that there's something missing that I didn't know what it was. Well, now I do. It was this designing principle. And I actually wanted to start with Star Trek here before we really get into how to use this to make your work better. Because when people are using, like I use the joke all the time, you know, I love Star Trek Picard, but it's hashtag not my Star Trek. Um, I think that's because Star Trek has always operated under a particular designing principle that it's through a diversity of voices that we gain strength. It's from a diversity of opinions that we gain strength. It is our diversity that makes us stronger. However you want to word it, some version of edict, infinite diversity and infinite combination. That is the thing that made Star Trek great. And it's also the thing that makes Star Trek Star Trek. It's the one thing that makes Star Trek feel like you're watching Star Trek, whether it's Star Trek that was produced in the 1960s or the 90s or the 2000s or now. That's what makes a Star Trek show feel Star Trek and why every now and then they just don't feel quite right. The The problem with a lot of what happened in Enterprise is that this show takes place in an era before this concept of edict had really been accepted by the Federation because there isn't a Federation yet. And so the characters are slowly learning it over time, but because it's not there, that show doesn't feel like it's Star Trek. I mean, it looks like Star Trek. They're using all the right words to be Star Trek, but it feels strange. It feels different. And it's because it's operating under an, a different designing principle. And that was like a light that went off in my head. That, that was the moment that I kind of went, huh? So that's, that, that's the thing. That's the missing element. That's, that's the secret ingredient. Because once you see this, when, once you actually start looking through stories and looking for their designing principle, what actually holds the story together? Hmm. It's also, I think, why a lot of us felt betrayed by Game of Thrones, because I'm not talking about the books. The Song of Ice and Fire is a completely separate, autonomous series of novels written by George R.R. R. Martin. Dan and Dave are responsible for the atrocities committed on Game of Thrones because they picked and choose what they wanted from the work of George R.R. R. Martin and then decided to throw it all out the window in the last two seasons. I just want to say that because some people try to defend Dan and Dave by saying, well, you look at the books and, well, I don't care about the books. The show is the show and the show has to stand on its own merits. And the problem is the show that they sold us has a very simple designing principle. Autocracy is bad. However you want to word that, monarchy is bad. One person who gains the throne through some form of heredity does not necessarily have the right to rule. And we see this played out in so many different ways. From the fact that the only de decent ruler 
that we see in Westeros is John, who, well, is not of accepted parentage, I'll word it that way, who is sent to the wall, who is not somebody who should be a leader, but who has, through life experience and knowledge, developed within themselves leadership skills. We see this in Daenerys, who is not a natural-born leader. She's not the one that was supposed to be the leader. Her brother was supposed to be the leader, but her brother got a golden crown because he's a jerk. Hmm. The show is very clearly built around this very simple and clear idea that monarchy is bad. That what we're moving towards is something other than monarchy. Because hereditary leaders don't make the best leaders. And you see this theme reinforced over and over again. It is the designing principle. It's the one thing that you can see that connects the story of the Night's Watch to the stories of the people on the Iron Islands, to the story of what's going on in Essos, to the stories of what's going on in the rest of Westeros. Hereditary leaders do not make good leaders monarchy bad. That is the simple designing principle that the entire show operated under. And in fact, at least the people in marketing knew this. Because think about the last couple seasons, the trailers that we got. I'm going to break the wheel. Daenerys Targaryen very clearly states, I am going to break the wheel. Thus stating in show terms the designing principle we thought the show was operating under. And then she becomes the wheel and crushes everybody under her claws. Well, the claws of her dragon and its breath. Its big, hot, fiery breath. And becomes evil because she is everything that she hates and themes her for grade school kids. And we have forgotten what the show was about because we didn't have our designing principle written down and put on a wall to remind us every day when we come in to write what holds the show together. I'm not talking about the books. We can talk about the themes of the books and stuff at some other point if you won't really, really have to. But I'm talking about the show. And that's why the show fell apart. And that's why the show didn't feel like the show. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, for all of its many, many superheroes and what have you, operates on this very simple principle that anyone can be a hero. And that's really... The point of it. Anyone could be a hero. Doc Strange is the last person you would expect to be a hero. Did you see the beginning of that movie? He's a jerk. But he becomes a hero because anyone can be a hero. It's our choices, not our circumstances, or our identity that make us a hero. That is reinforced in every movie that they have put out. It holds everything together and is the crux of the Infinity War and the crux of Endgame. Anyone can be a hero. Anyone. It's not how we started, it's how we finish. It's the choices we make. Designing principles matter. So if designing principles are so important, why haven't I ever heard about them before? And maybe it's a term that John Truby came up with, or maybe it's a term that other people came up with and I just hadn't come across it yet. But it is so important and so vitally crucial to everything that holds a story and a series together. It's something that we really need to talk about. So, in another part of the book, Truby 
defines the story, the, the, the designing principle as the story process plus original execution. And while I find that supremely unhelpful when it comes to actually com- coming up with one of my own or concocting one of my own, it is a great way to conceptualize what's actually happening when you're constructing your designing principle or when you're trying to deduce the designing principle of a series or a story that you're looking at. So what what does that mean? So the story process is actually what happens in the story. Not necessarily the plot, but what happens in the story. And the original execution is how are you going to accomplish that? So if you remember previously when we were discussing Star Trek and how Star Trek's designing principle was, it is through our diversity of opinion and identity that we are made stronger and able to overcome any challenge, then you can see how this works. How are we going to overcome our challenges in Star Trek? We are going to come together as a diverse crew and make it to the end. By the way, McGonagall says hi if you hear her in the background. Um, Because she's wanting to make a lot of noise. Um, So as we understand what it is that we're wanting to talk about, what the story itself is about, and how we are going to tell that story, that becomes a basic designing principle. For example, many of the sci-fi books that I've done, actually all of the sci-fi books that I've done, could be described as a telling a wuxia story if it were told as a sci-fi story. Now, that, that is not the most helpful designing principle, but it is an accurate one. So that's what you need to keep in mind. You can start with one that doesn't quite work. Like one of the things that I've found that's helped in some of this is to start with the high concept for your story and then really drill down into what that really means. Why is it this meets that? Why is it that idea in this execution? And that works well when you have a high concept. But when you don't, this is a good place to bring in metaphor. This is a good place to bring in other elements to help you understand what makes your story unique. Because that is how we make our stories unique. The stories that we tell, I've I've talked about this so many times on the show, The stories that we tell have been told before. They've been told hundreds of times before, if not thousands of times before, in various different ways. So when we're striving for uniqueness, it's really hard, if not impossible, for us to come up with an original idea. But our execution will always be different. There will be something about it that will be slightly different than other people's versions of it, and that's what makes it unique. That's actively what we're trying to discover when we're coming up with our designing principle. But even more than that, and this is, I don't know if he intended it to be used this way or if I'm just completely going off into the crazy outer rim of space to do this. But knowing that I'm not just writing a novel, but I'm working on a series, I now know 
that the designing principle that I want to come up with, what holds the story together, what makes it greater than the sum of its parts, I want it to be something that will encapsulate the entire series so that each book that comes out in the series will feel like it belongs there, like it should be there, like it makes sense there. That way, I have an overriding principle to hold my stories together. I have that thing that I can go back to and see how it all is going to hang together. And it will be this short sentence, this little sentence that explains how it all holds together, how it all works together. In Harry Potter, for example, there are a lot of ways that you could do a design principle for Harry Potter, and he actually has one in his book. But I think an equally valid one is to show how love will always win over isolation. That is the designing principle. Show a hero facing numerous magical challenges that love defeats because love is greater than isolation, than loneliness, than cutting yourself off. Because that is the moral of every Harry Potter book. And that's what makes it work. That's what makes it hold together. That's what makes it feel like a story. And why Crimes of Grindelwald feels very weird and outside the box, because she doesn't have a designing principle from the original books that she's carried over into Fantastic Beasts. And it shows. And I, I think there are probably a lot of different ways that you could go about constructing this idea. But I am currently fascinated by this one. Just because it seems to be an element of literary theory, of writing theory, of writing craft, that for some reason I had not truly grasped until I read an Anatomy of Story. Until I read John Truby's book, Anatomy of Story, like I've thought about theme before, I've thought about you know, plot and the character's weaknesses and strengths and goals and desires and how all that relates to this, that, and the other. That's all been a part of my fiction before. But actually coming up with a designing principle, something, a singular idea that will hold the whole story together as a separate part of the process that I could continually go back to to make sure that all my story is fitting into place, that all my story is holding together never done this before. And I, I'm very excited about the idea. If you can't tell it's, it, it is the one thing that I look for in fiction that I didn't know had a name. And now, you know, it had a name. And if you've been a fan of John Truby's work and you've known about this forever, hopefully I've shared a different light, a different way of looking at this concept of the designing principle. But I, I think that this is something that's going to make my fiction stronger. It's also something that is going to be making my review stronger. Because while I didn't use it in my review for um, Hunters, for example, its lack shows. There's nothing that holds that show together. And that weakness really shows, especially when you get to the end. And now I know why. Now I have words for it. 
and I can try to avoid that pitfall in my own work. And I'm really excited about that, and I hope you are too. So, if you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a dollar that you could spare to help me out to join the project, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and listener support. Thank you to everybody who already does that, and you mean the world to me. You really do. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, don't worry about it. That's perfectly all right. No pressure. But if you know somebody you think would like any of the work that I do, please share it with them. That means the world to me. That helps out more than you could ever possibly know. Alrighty. Well, that's it for today. Don't forget. Have the fun. Bye.